Today on The Breakdown, Olympus collides with Valhalla. Saturn crashes into Neptune. Two gas giants <laughs> impact. Well, that may sound like hyperbole, I guess. But in this case, it's not. Because we've got Garrett Edelstein against Tom Dwan in a 200, 200, 400. No. Yes. With the $200 big blind ante as well, cash game. This is from the Hustler Casino Live uh, big game they just played. Guess what? Dwan's the effective stack with a quarter of a million dollars. And these guys are going to have, I'm just going to say it, impossibly strong hands here, people. Neptune. What happens when it, when it <laughs> caves in the rings of Jupiter? We're going to find out right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levin. <laughs> Jupiter, huh? Sure. Is it just a ring? A, a solitary ring, I guess. No, there's like two. Are you thinking of Saturn? Sa- yes. Saturn has a much more famous I am thinking rings. of Saturn. <laughs> well, maybe it's uh, the king. You know, Jupiter was also, uh, you know, like like Zeus. That was Jupiter. Maybe he has rings that he wears on his hand. And what happens when those get caved in? Did anyone even ask that question? Did anyone just assumed I was talking people, about the planet? People planets? are not worried enough about <laughs> Zeus's hands and what, ha- what might happen. One rings to rule them all. Um, you know, I, I definitely meant Saturn and said Jupiter because, you know, I was really just in a whole thing there, you know? You were doing cosmic slash ancient mythology. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> It's, it's hard to keep coming up with these things. <laughs> you know, we've done a lot of them. What do you mean by openings. coming up with? <laughs> I mean, I just don't want to be derivative. You just press play and start talking. Yeah, but I don't want to be derivative of an, another opening that I've done or anyone else has ever done. So I'm sure you've been guilty of that lots of times. <laughs> but I'm trying not to, is my point. So, you know, this, this one wasn't. What's even the point of trying not to? First of all, we've done so many podcasts. Yeah. Second of all, you have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, okay, you know, not to go off on a whole thing here, but memory of a goldfish is very anti-goldfish. Because you're right, you're right. There's no it's way. It's not fair to the goldfish. There's no way anyone's really tested the goldfish memory. They're like, how many fingers did I just show you, goldfish? The goldfish is like, I don't even know, man. You know, there's no way a goldfish has seven seconds of memory because all the goldfish would be dead. There's no way you can live with seven okay, seconds of memory. Okay, let me do a, I just like a more say. apt comparison. Go ahead. You're like what the old guy in Squid Game was pretending to be like <laughs> during the Marbles episode. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's good. I like that. Thanks. That is exactly what he was doing. What a nice old guy, except not at all. Isn't that interesting? He's both really nice and horrible. I mean, he wasn't really horrible. He wasn't? Okay, well, let's spoil the whole thing for a second. No, don't, because I haven't seen the end. Let's not spoil the whole thing for a second. <laughs> yeah. And not talk about it yeah. anymore. Um, well, I believe that he was horrible now. <laughs> now I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. It, it doesn't spoil it for me. I'm not good. worried about it. Good. It doesn't. It's not a big deal either way. I'll say that. It's 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 a small point within the greater okay. thing. Um, but I did almost really spoil it. Without, you know, I got. I mentioned this on a previous podcast that I got accused of spoiling Game of Thrones for yeah. someone recently. And Game of Thrones, which of course you know finished a really long time ago. And the, the episodes I spoiled, I think, were a solid 11, 12 years old. And yeah, of course, there different. were books before that. <laughs> it's a little different. Squid Game's still fresh. Yeah, Squid Game's like six weeks old, right? Yeah. But it is a, you know, 
You can't walk around and... and you, can't, make, you can't live your life expecting not to get spoiled yes. on something that's the biggest cultural sensation at, at the moment. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's, that's your problem for now. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you, don't get me yeah. wrong, but it's, it's sort of your problem if it gets spoiled for I you agree. at this point. Yeah. I agree. As, is, as we just saw, like, you got a tiny bit, just a tiny bit But I intervened there. before it got too bad. You did. You did great, actually. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And um, for anyone else who's in the middle of Squid Game, you're welcome. Grant just saved you yeah. from uh, just a tiny thing. It doesn't even really matter. But let's move on. Okay. You know, I guess we found out something else about the old guy and something about, I don't know, maybe we find out something about the old guy. All right. Uh, yeah, planets, man. The Heaven planets. against the celestial kingdom of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I should do it as religions clashing next time. That's smart. Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. Because that's basically what you were doing, except it's just not, it's cur- true. not currently practiced religion. It's true, because I, I think of it as mythology, yeah. and we've done such things with it in our culture, it doesn't feel like religion, but of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, a lot of people would even argue that, you know, the whole notion of planets and all that is essentially a religion as Kyrie well. Kyrie Irving would probably <laughs> Science is a religion. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course right. it is. We can go on a real tangent, but let's not. Okay. That's for our never published podcast, the it's Grand true. Jonathan Podcast. Sad. We've so done sad. six episodes of. They were good episodes. We still might publish those. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Probably but not. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's move on. If there's a clamoring, maybe we will. What's a clamoring at this point? Four people? Six to eight people? That's is a clamoring. I mean, anyway, let's, let's roll on. Okay, it's Tom Dwan. It's Garrett Edelstein. I mean, come on. It's, uh, it's kind of like the torch was passed in, as far as cash game TV was concerned from Dwan to Edelstein, it feels like. Maybe with huh. some, someone or two in between. You know, because Tom Dwan was the, the, the biggest draw of cash game poker from 2007 to 2011 or something like that, right? I mean, Tom Dwan remains the biggest draw. He, he does, poker. but then he disappeared for a bit. Yes. No. Um, and during his disappearance, there was a void, you know, and that void was somewhat filled by Live at the Bike with Garrett and Andy, although I, never, I never so. to the same, no. to, to, to borrow from what we were doing before, mythological level that Dwan and Ivy were achieving. I mean, truly not close, yeah. right? Like, we know Garrett, like, if we hadn't been doing this show, yeah. We would probably still have a sense of who Garrett Edelstein was, but we might not be able to say his name without without having to look it up or something yeah. like that. But instead, we know him well because people send in his hands, so we say we said his name a lot in the yeah. last three years or whatever. Um, but Dwan, like before we met, you and I both knew who Do- Tom Dwan was because we were watching High Stakes Poker, and we knew right. we had a lot to say about him. I'm sure you know, yeah. and, and cared. And and Tom Dwan has really retained that my- uh, mythological placement on you know on the Mount Rushmore of cash game. Q rating, I should say, uh, like where it's like he's just come back and started playing in some of these games again, like in the U.S. like yeah. on TV. And I don't know about you, but I am super interested anytime Tom Dwan is playing. I want to see those hands. You yeah, know? I agree. I care, and I don't really care about almost anybody else's. In the Phil same Ivey way. got uh, bigger billing than him by Hustler, at least when they had them both in the same stream. He yeah, was, he was like the headliner. According to Hustler, whether they're right or wrong about that, I'm sure they did more research on it than they, we would know. They probably know, but for me, um, and I, I don't mind seeing Phil Ivey play, of course, yeah. but for me, Tom Dwan is a major draw. Like, I agree. That's about the only, the only cash game draws for me are like Tom Dwan and or a bunch of really good players all playing each other without a lot of fish in there and a lot of like bad players, which is almost impossible to achieve these days. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Edelstein is fun. He, oh, he, sure. he does a lot of fun stuff. The, here's the thing I want to say about Garrett. Beyond his... Um, Poker acumen, which is obviously pretty yeah. pretty great. Uh, he is the cla- one of the classiest guys in cash game poker. Where yeah, yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. He is. One of the things that I really love about him is 
There's uh, not in this hand, but actually the hand where he gets bluffed by Mickey when Mickey is five four from the same uh, yeah. the same stream and Garrett folds. I think it's ace king with just yeah, a king yeah. and, a, and a board he pretty much has to. Fold, yeah, Mickey like. like Mickey just lucked into having a spot where he could get a fold for no reason. Which yeah, is, like, I mean he just went fire, 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 yeah. and Garrett's like, I guess I have to fold this fucking hand. Um, but like, so Mickey, sa- I think says. 60,000 puts out 65,000 and there's like confusion for a second about what, you know, what the, what the bet is. Right. And Garrett's just like, dude, whatever you want it to be, it's totally cool. And this is where Garrett knows he's got a tough decision. Yeah. It's on the river. It's tough for, and he's going to, he's going to tank either way, but he's like, he knows his part of his job is to, you know, not be a dick basically. And like, Mickey's not trying to angle him with the number. No, there's no 5K angle there. Exactly. And like, so if there's someone who might be angling you, that's totally cool, right? Yeah. But Garrett understands that in almost none of these cases is someone trying to angle him. And so he's never difficult in any of these spots. He's he's just like, whatever you want, man, it's totally cool. Like when someone tanks a long time and if it's like very much a nit roll, which happens to him sometimes, uh, I think it was Gall who nit rolled him pretty hard. Um, Again, not a slow roll, a nit roll. But it seemed where Gall had like a full house and just called Garrett when Garrett goes bet, bet, shove and Gall has a full house and Gall like takes like minutes before he finally calls with a full house and Garrett like turns over the straight and loses. Uh, and Garrett's like, it's to- like someone else. I think it was MM was uh, calling yeah. him out got Gala in a friendly way, but calling him out. And Garrett was like immediately going to Gal's defense. Like, you know, he takes a long time no matter what. I think it's great. He should do that. And there's no way Garrett inside when he when he ha- when he flops the nuts yeah. with the straight and the board pairs and God just calls the river. Uh, I mean, he's, he's moved all in, but doesn't insta call and all that. Garrett's sure he's ahead, you know, when Gall calls before the cards get flipped. Um, inside, he's feeling like he's got to be like, I can't believe this guy takes like a minute and a half to call me here. You know, like what the hell? Right. Like I bet pot and a half on the river. Of course he should. Like it's so ridiculous. But but he, he, not only does he not say those things, he doesn't come off that way. Like, he comes off as, like, totally cool with it. And I think that is, it's cool not just from, like, a, you know, keeping whales in the game kind of a thing, which, of course, there's some value there. Yeah. But I just think, like, it's just a good way to live, you it's know? A, it's a game. People get freaked. The, it's the anti-Mattisau, right? The, yes. Like, you slow roll me, I'll kill your I'm family. punch you in the fucking face, yeah. he said to Sean Deeb. Yeah. I mean, Mattisau is obviously an extreme example. Of course he is. But uh, to be fair to the other guys we're talking about, Ivy and Duan, they've never been unclassy at the table either. Agreed. Agreed. They might not have the same level of niceness that Garrett seems to have. Definitely not Phil. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just a vibe. You know, it doesn't seem like he's mean. He's just, like, not interested in learning anything about you. (laughs) Phil gets a little annoyed at little moments, though. So, for example, there was... um, there was one time when he thinks for a long time, this is years ago now, I think on Poker After Dark, like the original one, a cash game, where um, he calls a Dwan River bet, and Dwan says, I got it. And Phil hears, you got it. And so oh. then Dwan rolls over the winner, and Phil's like, what the hell? It gets upset. Hmm. And Dwan's like, I said, I got it. And, and Phil's like, I heard you got it. And Phil's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I said, I got it, and I do. And I turn my hand over right away. And like, Phil was like then annoyed for 10 minutes at Tom for huh. no reason. And like, he'll do that. He'll do little things like that sometimes where he'll get like more annoyed than he should. There was another um, time in the London uh, cash game, the party poker yeah. million dollar cash game or whatever. That, like, again, t- 12 years ago, our favorite Jesse May was uh, doing uh. commentary where they're in a hand and Mike Mattisau acts like out of turn ahead of Phil Ivey. Um, Phil Ivey's across the table and it has his chips stacked in such a way that it's really hard to see that he has cards. And so Madison's like, I cannot see that you have cards from here, man. Like it's, and Phil's all upset with him. And, Mike's, and then Mike's like, I can't see. And Phil's response is, 
do you do you not know who's in the hand? It's like a four way hand. Do you yeah. just not know? I always know who's in the hand. Instead of being like, oh, I'm sorry, and moves the like, yeah. what you should do is say, oh yeah, I see how that's slightly problematic for you, and of course I should make them. Okay, fine. Just, these are not big deals, but like compared to Garrett, it's noticeable. That's okay. All. Fair enough. Really, this was just like Phil Ivey gets annoyed story time for me. That's all. I just wanted. Yeah, to I mean, it. overall, he's pretty classy. Absolutely. Like these are very minor things, and he only does it with people he knows really well. It's yeah. fine, of course. Like I would say, Garrett certainly is the nicest of those guys, but. Like and there's there's things like, he seems like not a degenerate. Also, is maybe part of it, even though he might play a little bit like a degen sometimes, Garrett. Mm-hmm. But like Ivy gives degen vibes, and Dwan gives rich kid <laughs> vibes. I mean, Ivy is a degen. Yeah, let me be very clear about that. Like, uh, like him and Roulette are you know not no not I a know. good pair. I know Ivy's a degen. There was a, a time when here's another quick super quick Phil Ivy story. I was at uh, it must have been like 2008. I it was in Vegas for the World Series. It was the 4th of July. Um, me and my friend Russell, who you've met, yeah. uh, we went to... There was some big Phil Ivey charity poker tournament, and before it was like at the Golden Nugget or something. I don't know, a place like that. Um, and before that, they had... Uh, They'd set up a, a, a special table just for Flavie to play roulette before, during, and after the, uh, <laughs> the tournament. And before the tournament started, they had like a fireworks show. So we were watching the fireworks, and, and Russell's like, oh, that, those fireworks aren't for the 4th of July. It's Phil Ivey's playing roulette. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, a classy DJ, though. Absolutely. No, no. I mean, a good guy, as far as we know, classy DJ, totally fine. So we tried to steal from. Uh, from a casino, you know. Even I don't have a big problem with that. You don't have an actual problem with it. You just, you just <laughs> fall on the side of the casino from yeah, a litigation yeah, yeah. perspective. That's but correct. you would have no problem if Phil Ivey got away with that money. No, no, you're right. Hey, can I say one other thing, not about Phil Ivey, but about Garrett? Yeah, please do. So Garrett, on October 24th, and this is actually right after this, this stream, one of these streams where he lost some money, he tweeted this, and I thought this was interesting. Playing poker competitively is so endlessly difficult, humbling, and heartbreaking. I still surprise myself with just how much pain I feel after particularly brutal stretches. The struggle to incorporate the game into an otherwise peaceful existence is so real, no one is immune. Huh. I thought that was pretty interesting from a guy who seems to be doing incredibly well and also have his head on pretty straight. Yeah. Even he is, struggles with like the swings of the game and, you know, I mean, I, I certainly have experienced that many times. I know Stuart uh, from uh, Poker Time went on like a, a big poker trip not that long ago where he was going to play every day and played for a few months. It was playing pretty big, but also the swing started to get to him as well in ways that I always thought of him as a robot up till then. It's pretty interesting how, but even a guy like Garrett, who's up got to be millions upon millions of dollars, like, you know, takes an 80K loss or 150K loss and feels it. I don't know if I can necessarily agree with nobody is immune. I oh, imagine okay. there are some people who are immune. They just have the, the right combination of, personality traits or something huh i guess i guess it's i guess you could be right and Uh, i'm not i'm not claiming i'm immune but mm -hmm. of the poker people that we know i'm among the most immune Mm -hmm. and i might be i don't remember ever having a reaction like that now i've never played that big obviously but like the 2019 world series of poker i went with 25k and i left with 1k (laughs) and uh, that was that was not up and down it was all down yeah you know and i i was fine yeah i didn't feel it you know, I, I think most people would. Mm-hmm. I, I think our friend Mitch Towner also would not feel it. He seems pretty immune to these types of things. I think that, this is my guess, but I think that both of you, it's just a relative thing. So, like, for you guys with those experiences may not feel it, but that there are other poker experiences you could have where you would feel yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, and like, it's all about how we, how you like build it in your head, I think ahead of time. So if you like, you show up to the world series with 25 K and you're, I mean, a lot of people couldn't do this no matter what they said to themselves to be right. fair, but you may say to yourself, you know, I may really walk away with nothing here. And that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that is like, what I, I did. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's like, and like you set up your life in such a way that that's really fine. But also emotionally you're, you're cool with that. Like most people couldn't even do that. Even right. If they say that to themselves, I don't know if I could do that quite frankly. Um, but I do believe, yeah, there are other circumstances where it would eventually get to you. I think, yeah. I think when there's, like, a huge opportunity, that's the time that when it might get to me. Although I didn't, like, I didn't fret over the flip that I lost in the biggest spot of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really bother me that much, Yeah, actually. I don't know. Maybe if I was on day six of the main event and had 80 blinds and just took a brutal beat, that might... It should. That, that might crush me a little bit. That's a little different, though, than what I'm talking about, even though. Like, to be fair, I'm talking about Garrett, who's just playing, for him, a relatively normal game. Yeah. Is tweeting about, like, the pain of, be, of like, the brutality of poker, you know, which is not like, this was the biggest spot of my life. Oh, my God, I lost a $2 million yeah. pot. This is like, you know, on a one-outer. This is like, you know, I got bluffed. Sometimes it was hard. I lost some money. Just to even say poker is endlessly difficult, humbling, and heartbreaking, I thought was pretty interesting from a guy who's been so insanely successful that that's his experience of it. Is that your experience of it? Uh, I wouldn't say that, no. But I don't play in games that are as tough as Garrett does, probably. Of course. Right? So like, I'm able to pick... I, part, of my, part of the things I do is... Some, not always, but game selection is part of what I've done I mean, well. The games that Garrett gets to play in, though, are engineered such that yes. there's at least three really good spots at the table most of the time. No question. No question. But what's considered a really good spot is sometimes tough, too, because like a guy like Mickey, obviously an amazing spot. Obviously, you and I, if we're playing in that game, are going to make money off of Mickey, yeah. right? And probably a lot, just like Garrett is and everyone else. Um, but he's not bad in the way where he's like, you know, super passive. He's bad in an aggressive way, so it's harder, you know? That's, and like, you're going to be in you're gonna have yeah. tougher spots, that's all. So then you're going to have spots where, especially on a stream, where you can see that you got bluffed, right. where you're going to be like, oh, and you're going to be able to really, it's going to be very obvious how yeah. you got fucked. Fucked's the wrong word, but how you made the wrong decision, I should say. You know, yeah. you can feel it. I think I wonder if this is a cash game pro thing more than a tournament pro yeah. thing. Like and people maybe people tend to talk about it the opposite way because tournaments are like you either finish first or you're kind of upset about it for the most part. Yes. But I think if you actually are a tournament pro, which I was for many years, the real way to think about it, it's it's a lot easier to to file the money into a black box in your mind that you're putting into the tournament and say, like, that money's gone. Now let's yeah. play for whatever money is available. Yeah. You know, instead of in a cash game where you can kind of feel the money leaving your stack. I feel like with um, tournaments, it's mostly not about one tournament. Like, you're, it's more like the, the longer term. Yeah. Like, I had a year, not me, I'm just saying, like, you have a year where you, like, lose money, but yeah. you're a tournament pro or two years in a row. Right, like, which, which, is, which is certainly possible, especially yeah. live, yeah. And then I think that really gets to at least most people. Maybe right. not everyone. Maybe it wouldn't get to you. I don't know. But I think you're right, though. Cash games is a little different because you sit down with not the expectation you're going to win every time, but as a cash game pro, uh, like, you know, you're going to win, you know, like two-thirds of the time or so. And, you know, when you then go on these really tough, through these tough periods where it just seems like nothing goes right forever. Right. You know, so it's, it's, is it, like it's costing you money every single time. Is it about to, how the money doesn't feel lost when you enter a cash game and it does when you enter a tournament? I think so. Like, because like, I can go on a terrible streak. If I play the main event and I have... like Actually, in the main event, the last time I played, day three was kind of just a shit show where I won like very few hands. Yeah. You know, uh, and I survived. But it was like the last like six hours, I won almost no hands, and it was really tough. I didn't have any hands. Nothing, nothing went well. Whatever. Um, but that was all part of for me. That's all part of one event. 
where a cash game is each hand is its own event. Sure. So yeah, so you go through a lot more iterations of pain, I think. Even though like I was card dead for this entire tournament or this entire day or whatever, but that's all just one $10,000 tournament. Obviously a big tournament, but just one versus I lost $4,000 in that hand. I could have won a $2,000 pot there, but I lost because of the river and this and this and this and this and whatever, you know, and it adds up and it sucks. It's, uh, so this is probably an imperfect analogy, but maybe another way to put it is um, a cash game is more like day trading and checking the prices of your investments all the time. Mm. And like if you're, if you're a cash game pro and if you're a tournament pro, it's like a long-term investment that you, you buy and then you don't look at it for a long time and you just like open the box someday and hope it turns out well. You know? um, and, I, and I think that's a, lot, that's a lot more emotionally easy to deal with than, yes. than constantly checking and having every little dip and, and every little peak feel like a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I will say, like, when I'm in a cash game, like, I know what, what my stack size is. I, you know, that's important, especially in no limit. You have to know. Of course. But even in limit, you know, like, you, you build up your, your chips in such a way you can tell, you know, if you're up or down, you know how much you're up or you're down, and it's constantly changing, and you're very aware of every single fluctuation. So, to your point, yeah. And that, people can do that even in tournaments with their chips. They can. But what, I think once you play enough tournaments, you learn not Tournament to do that. Tournament pros don't do that. Also, because, like, Right, tournament pros don't, or they shouldn't, right? Yeah. Because, like, you know the blinds are going up, and so the amount of blinds you're going to have are always going to go down. You're going to get to a point where you have 40 blinds and less often, usually 15 blinds in, in most tournaments at some point, right? A lot of the value early in, in tournaments is when people who are certainly not tournament pros lose, you know, yes. 6% of their stack and freak out trying to get it back. Yes, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, like, it doesn't do matter. That. It's not, yeah. that, that, that's like half a blind in three hours. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, relax. <laughs> and there's no prize for getting back to starting stack. Yeah. There, there, literally nothing happens when you get back to starting stack. Nothing's any different in your life. No. You, ha- you went from 144 blinds to 146 blinds. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, but people do not feel that way. At least, at least obviously, non-pros. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Pros certainly... I've told this story experience. on the podcast before, but it's been a while, so I'm going to cool. throw it back in the engine. Do it. Um, the most extreme example of that I experienced was, I think it was 2018, The Millionaire Maker, where my first table, I was lucky enough, LOL, to get seated with Adrian Mateos mm. at his oh, table. Oh, yeah, this is a good story. And um, the guy on my left was just an all-over-the-place type of dude, just like, you've met these dudes at poker tables where he like smells like cigarettes. He's talking about how hungover he is, how much he was partying the night before. He's got a bit of an aggressive, like, you know, maybe domestic abuser type vibe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and he, he loses, you know, 6% of his stack and he's very upset at that hand because he lost with like a second best top pair yeah. when there were two bets in the entire hand. Like it didn't matter at all. It was level one. Everybody had 300 big blinds. Yeah. And he ended up going all in as a four bet against Adrian Mateos for his remaining stack. Like a huge four bet, right? Yeah, like a almost 300 blind four bet. I mean, that's wow. Which Mateo's called with ace queen because he knew exactly what was going on. And dude, the dude said, fuck you, and turned over six, seven, and lost. How like, incredible is it that, that all those things can happen? Yeah. A, that the guy can shove 300 blinds with six, seven off as a four bet. Right. Like, it's such a crazy over bet. And that Adrian, I believe you told me the story that yeah. Adrian basically insta-calls, yeah. right? He doesn't, like, think about it. He, the whole play, he, like, the plan is, the trap is sprung. Yeah. I've got ace queen. Let's go. I'm 62% here. He know? threw about really big, too. I think yeah. he was trying to, like, see if he could get that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's, inc- it's really cool that, that that's the kind of thing where, like, I... I mean, pre- previous to you telling the story, and I know it's been a few years, like, I wouldn't have thought to 
take that line to try and get in all the, you know, I'd yeah. be like, let's, you know, either three bet or just call and like, let this guy, you know, stack off basically, you know, or like put a huge amount of chips in post flop. And agent's like, I can get it all right now and yeah. be 62% or whatever the hell I am. And that's great. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have him dominated, whatever. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a lot easier when you're Adrian Mateos and you have plenty, yeah. of, like in within the same hour, some dude came over to Adrian Mateos and Mateos just took out Endless bricks of cash and gave it to him like yeah. it was nothing. Just well, like, yeah. I mean, when you're a tournament pro, it's yeah. not a big deal to bust a tournament. Yeah. But when you're not, it's it's often everything. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how that works. Anyway. All right. Shall we get into the hand itself? I, I'm sure we will oh, at some well, point. No rush. No, no we rush. will. Um, this was suggested by Chuckles. Chuckles. Casper, probably Casper Quack, although it just goes by Casper on Discord. But probably Casper. Tommy Reynolds and Derek B23. Uh, I believe all of them, except for Chuckles, have uh, our previous suggestors. Ah, uh, yeah, that's correct. And maybe Chuckles is too, because maybe Chuckles is Chuckles a... Chuckles is a uh, Discord name, so yeah. it could be somebody that has been suggesting on Twitter for a long time. A nom de plume. Mm. So, mm. for writing, yes. Um, anyway, Discord is our preferred method for you to suggest hands now, which would be great. The link to our Discord server is in the description of this podcast. We have a lot of fun on there. We talk not only about poker, but about other things as well, movies, sports, whatever. But there are very specific threads for each hand where we will talk about the poker. There's a poker talk thread. There's a hand for your, uh, thread for your hands where you can post your hands and get feedback. People have been getting and giving really good and interesting feedback on that thread. When, when you post a hand, it's like a lot of value you get. Like, uh, you don't have to take every, you don't know who these people are necessarily. You don't have to take their advice. Yeah. But you could get my advice. You get Jonathan's advice sometimes. You know, like that's, if you, if you think we know what we're doing, that's pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, just getting other people's advice is always useful. doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but hearing right. what their thought process is, and then you get to decide if you think it's better than yours or not, or if it's something you should add to what you're doing. It's totally useful. Yeah. Having a poker community, man, it makes people better. That's so, just the deal. Uh, so get in on that Discord server. Okay. Which is where Tom Dwan, who's going to open this hand, was referred to as a fish on a heater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's possible it was a joke. It's hard to know. We, you I know, hope it was a joke. You can't read sarcasm through text. It's, it's, it's hard to do. Mm. But one of our most active Discord members suggested, perhaps, when another, another Tom Dwan hand was suggested on there, that maybe Tom Dwan is just a fish on a heater. Yeah. A 13-year 13, 13 heater. Could be joking. Just, you know, game theory, optimal master, along with uh, Phil Galfon. I'm going to say not, not a fish yeah. on a heater. Anyway. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You made the text big. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I want to be able to see it better. Oh. You always make fun of me for not knowing what's going on. I was like, I'm going to make it bigger so I can see it. Okay. Now, now it looks like it's yelling at me. It's Good. 200, 200, 400 with a $200 big blind Annie. I'm reading it how I, I feel I like see that it. joke only works for you and me and not for the thousands of <laughs> listeners, but whatever. Uh, who cares? This is not for them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they like it anyway. This is just so nitrogen funny. pays us. That's yeah, all I know. I know. All right. <laughs> Don't say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have fun. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're super deep stacked with the $400 big blind and Dwan being the effective stack between him and Garrett with $225,000. Now, yep. there is a $200 big blind ante. There's three blinds. It plays bigger than a 200-400 game. Nonetheless, sure. Dwan's going to open to 3x the big blind. Do you think this is odd or do you think this is just some new level of adjustment where players are like, I don't really have to pay attention to what the pot size would really be? I mean, you know, they had been opening to like two and a half X without the um, third blind, without the big blind ante. And so they were, they've been opening smaller in these big cash games anyway. Um, my inclination would be to open bigger for sure than even a three X. 
I mean, Tuan wants to open 3X. I'm not going to say it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's making it a little bit more than if it was a, you know, a quote, normal cash game at this size, and there's some extra money in there. And he's timed one. So fine with me. I mean, I, I would incline to make it like 3.5X or 4X, but it probably doesn't matter. Probably not. He's got jacks. Jack of spades, jack of hearts. Yep. So he's under the gun, makes it 1.2K. Cool. Garrett Edelstein, who always has to make sure he has the most chips at the table, has <laughs> 411,000. Yep. In the cutoff, an ace queen of diamonds. Sure. How do you deal with this situation? What's your mix of strategy here against a player like Dwan opening under the gun when you're super deep and have this type of hand? Um, as long as we know that Dwan is opening a little bit wide in most places, in most positions, we feel like we've seen that at all, which I think with Dwan we can assume that's yeah. fair. Um, we should be three betting this hand 50 to 60% of the time, I'm going to guess, even though he opened under the gun uh, and calling the rest. What do you think? I'm just yeah. sort of like coming up with those numbers, but that feels about right. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, no, I guess maybe it should depend a lot on who's in the big blind. If it's like one of the whales, maybe you call a little bit more. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. The big blind is going to be very incentivized to call. They'll have put in 600 already and it's 800 to call and the pot will be quite big and they'll be closing the action. Yeah. So yeah, if you want that person in, we should be calling more. That's right. And if we don't want that person in, or even are indifferent, we probably should be three-betting a little bit more. Yeah, because it's Tom freaking Dwan. It's Tom Dwan. This is a very good hand. And, you know, we'll have position in a, in a bloated pot most of the time. This is going to be pretty good. I mean, if Tom Dwan four-bets, I think we're calling and seeing a flop and hoping we don't lose a monster pot to him. Yeah. Right? We're not folding this hand. No. Cool. Of course not. All right. Garrett's going to decide just to call. Okay. Ace, queen of diamonds. Nobody else calls. Pot's going to be 3.4K. Great deal. Perfectly fine deal. Uh, now we're getting to the part of the hand where there will be solver involvement. We're not going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it later. But, you know, solver doesn't do preflop. But uh, just so everybody knows, at the end of the show, we will come back and take a look at what the solver had to say, having not seen it at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Sprung has done that work, and he'll post his work on Discord in the thread uh, when, when this hand comes up. Yeah. All right. Jacks for Dwan, Ace, Queen of Diamonds for Garrett. Three and, three and a half thousand in the pot. The flop is good for Tom Dwan. It's jack of diamonds, 10 of clubs, four of hearts. Pretty good for both players, really. But great, obviously, amazing for Dwan. Yeah, I mean, the nuts. it's a reasonably good flop for Ace Queen of Diamonds, but yeah. for Dwan, it's amazing. Yeah. Tom Dwan checks. Yes. Hit me up with some analysis on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm really surprised he checks. If I'm thinking about the kinds of hands Dwan's opening, it's, in theory, hands like Ace King, Ace Queen, King Queen... Ace Jack, King Jack, maybe Queen Jack suited, uh, Jack Jack, 10 10. These are all hands that I'd be expecting him to bet on this flop, sometimes for strong value, sometimes sort of as a semi bluff, right? He could also have some absolute crap, which he's going to bet here as well. If they're just heads up. He's got a range advantage, right? Like you figure Garrett doesn't have jacks. Well, especially in this case, we know Garrett can't. Um, Garrett is unlikely to have tens. We think Garrett's going to three bet tens at least a fair amount of the time. Garrett doesn't have that many strong hands. Uh, I guess Garrett does have a fair amount of calls on this board, in theory, but that's okay. We opened under the gun. We have, we, have, great, we have strong equity against his calling range with our range, right? I'm surprised he doesn't bet here. Yeah. my I don't know if there is a range advantage here. I think they have similar ranges. I think they both have Jack-10 suited in their range. Yep. I think they both have all sets. Um, Garrett has less sets, though. He just has Just to. a little bit. I mean... Garrett's three betting tens and jacks a fair amount of the time, right? Yeah, but not all the time. Not all the time, but a fair amount. So we can eliminate like half of those. Do I we mean, assume Dwan is opening fours every time? I do. When yeah. we're this deep, I absolutely do. Yeah, it probably is. Um, 
Yeah, and then Duan, of course, has aces and kings. Garrett may have a tiny bit of that, yeah. but not much. Duan has ace-king, which right now is not a made hand, but it's got pretty good equity also, right? They both have jack-10 suited. They do. Um, they both might even have jack-10 off, for all I know. But I would guess... I would guess neither of them has jack-10 off. I would think so, but where's Garrett? He's in the cutoff. Garrett doesn't have jack-10 off. If either of them has jack-10 off, it's Duan, but he doesn't have it. Uh, I'm just thinking because Garrett's like close to the button, and he's... Uh, and they're deep. I, I feel like you said a thing, that. and now you're trying to defend it, and there's no chance you believe it. Um, I don't think what you just said is true. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it's not impossible. Um, I, I, I think Garrett would call Jack-10 off probably on the button, don't you think? Not necessarily, no. Not necessarily. So you think it's possible, though, at least? I would be surprised. Okay. I, I, I think no. I think he would usually not. No? Um, I guess I don't know. I haven't seen Garrett play enough to really know um, if he's going to show up with that hand on the button or not. The cutoff is one off. I admit it's probably a little bit of a stretch, but I'm not, I'm not like absolutely sure he can't have Jack-10 off here, as opposed to like 9-10 off, which, of course, he doesn't have. I feel 95 to 98% okay. sure that he doesn't have Jack-10 off. I okay. think Duan is maybe, I feel like more than like 90% sure that he doesn't have Jack-10 off. I think if it was a similar high... amount of Jack-10 off either way, though, right? How about Which, that? I think mostly it's zero. I okay. think mostly there's no Jack-10 I'd offs. be surprised if Duan was opening Jack-10 off under the gun. I'll say that. I mean, I think that, feels, even less high, that back... feels less likely to me than Garrett having it, but... I'll acknowledge that I wouldn't really expect either one to show up with it. I think Duan is only more likely because I'm assuming maybe there's a little bit left of him from back in his mm-hmm. high stakes poker days when he was opening whatever the hell he wanted. He's three betting king nine yeah. off and stuff like that when East Eastgate opens and stuff. Yeah, just because he knows he could, he like has all these tools that the other guys don't have. Yeah, that you know Phil Galfon basically gave him <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair, but yeah. Anyway, fish on a heater. All right, let's not worry about the jack turn off piece. Let's let's. I think Juan definitely has a range advantage in that he's got the over pairs. Garrett is much less. He's got more sets, um, and he's got hands that are not made hands, but the non made hands have good equity too. He has more of those um, non made strong equity hands. I.e., ace king, ace queen, king queen. Of course, Garrett has some of those. Doesn't really have much ace king at all though. He um, has eight nine suited. Garrett does. He does. That's true. Juan might have that too. He might. Um, but you know. So I think Duan's got an advantage here. And because he's under the gun, I would just think, like, we can bet a lot here and follow up on a lot of turns, and we're going to win a lot. Like, if Garrett has two eights, he can call once, but probably can't call twice. Yeah. I mean, so it is odd to see him check this hand, but obviously when you dive deep into it, and Duan certainly knows what he's doing with these frequencies, yeah. um, you, would, you would say, okay, well, yeah, sure, I'm going to bet most of the time, but I have to check sometimes. So, yes. Top set feels like maybe a good hand to check because we block a lot of what we want our opponent to have as far as continuing against us. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we definitely have to check some sets as one, right? Like, Top set's probably the best one to check, right? Um, it is probably the best one to check. Yes. Uh, but, but I think like tens and jacks in this case are pretty similar. But of course, if we have to pick, yeah, yeah like we'd probably rather check top set just because we Garrett have more. significantly more one pair jacks in his range than one pair tens based on preflop, I would think. Um, that's probably true. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, Garrett, in theory, has got a lot of hands that are calling once on this flop. Right, but, so, but of course, we're talking about a mixed strategy where Duan has to choose some things to check. Yeah, um, so. right. And, you, and you, like we said, you have to check some of your strongest hands. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to always be the nuts, but you have to check like some of your sets here for sure. And so jacks make sense as, as a sometimes check. Yeah. Not that often, but you got to put some jacks in your checking range. It's true. Right. So, so, gonna, Duan's, this is, so right now, for some reason, this is in his checking range. Right. I imagine it's not a huge checking range. It probably includes this, um, something that's 
like draw E that can check call and and some sort of give up also. Yes, that's right. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, maybe king queen. Maybe maybe ace king or ace queen would be in his checking range too. Who knows? Maybe. I would think uh, ace king or ace queen would be much more likely than king queen. Because he can win at showdown sometimes? He wins at showdown. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Having ace king, you're just, you're just like ahead a lot. And king queen, you're... So maybe he checks less. like... Some ace kings, some sets of jacks, and some like six, seven suiteds that just are complete whiffs. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Either way, he does it with this hand. Mm-hmm. Now, he, I, he also, of course, has a check raising range. Like yes. we're, talking about, we're talking about what's in his checking range. Some of, the, some of these hands are also going to be raises. So he's thinking about that piece too. This, I don't know if he's going to, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, I do know what he's going to yeah, do. Yeah, you do hand. know. But the audience is. Just like know you yet. know how, what, why the old guys mean in Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so that piece is also in play, of course, is like, he's not just, he can't just be checking to check call. He's got to have some check raises, some check calls, some check folds. Okay. That's all. Yeah. I assume he does. Yeah. All we know is what he does with this hand. How about Garrett? Is this an auto bet when you get the green light here? With I think the, so. Uh, two overs? I think so. Um, we got two overs. We got the backdoor flush draw. We have the gut shot. Uh, we have a check. We're in position. Usually, Tom is not very strong here. Usually, he has something, but not a great hand, like ace-10 or something, right? Sure. And we can put a lot of pressure on that hand while we still have real equity. So it sounds like a pretty good time to bet. What do you think? Yeah. I think, it, I think betting seems like a good idea. We also want to build a pot in yep. case we you know, hit a miracle. You know, when you're in position, you have a chance. You, know, you have equity, like when they check to you, especially when they were the, initia- the initiator preflop, and then yeah. they check. You know, betting... Like 100% of the time, it can't be that bad, let alone when you actually have a hand. Yeah, I mean, it's possible Garrett would not bet if he, if he had the 6-7 suited. He'd be like, you know what? It's not really worth yes. it on this board where I don't block anything. And like, if he had, you know, if he had the two back doors, he might bet. So if he had like 6-7 of hearts, 6-7 yeah, of six, seven, but 6-7 six, of, uh, of uh, spades, he might check. Right. Like to be like, okay, this is the one. That, yeah. Like I can't even take a shot with. Right. Yeah. Makes sense to take a shot with this one. Yes. All right. Dwan's going to call hello all right so the obvious reason to me that he doesn't include this in his check raising for value range is that he blocks too much value yes it's too hard to get called by hands that are good like having tens and checking tens going for a check raise makes much more sense than doing it with jacks yes for sure it seems very obvious to me too i agree yeah that that should be part of it now maybe he's just check calling all his sets here because it's you know the second hand is on the four Right. And he's like, okay, that's when I check my super strong Yeah, hands. we don't know what his methodology is, and yeah. we never will. Um, but it is interesting to, to check call this hand. And I do wonder, like, if he check raised, could he really get value from anything other than lower sets? The I way, mean, king-queen isn't folding. King-queen, yeah. He can I, get called by king-queen. I don't, you know, they're deep enough. I don't know. Like, if he makes it 5K, is Garrett just going to fold ace-queen? of diamonds here in position where he's got a shot at the nuts. He's probably going to call. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of hands we can get value from. Also, Dwan can have the king queens of the world himself. Yeah. So I don't know that Garrett's going to bet fold a pair for one raise. Now, I'm not saying he's calling down with those hands, but I think think he's sticking around a lot. Yeah. Because he's going to have a lot of crappy hands he can just fold too, like the six, seven of hearts, where he's like, okay... Although even that, maybe he feels like he's no, no, see a turn card. No, 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 no. No, he's folding that. <laughs> right, Come on. Probably. Uh, uh, anyway. I mean, it, we, we're assuming this is all for the sake of balance, but it kind of sucks, right? As Dwan, like, it feels like it's going to be really hard to get value for this hand taking this line. I mean, the problem, of course, is 
at some point we're going to have to show our teeth, right? And yeah. when we show our teeth, it's going to be later. And the later we go, the stronger it is and the more likely we are to have it. Yep. Right? Not just from a population point of view, meaning that's, that's true. That's the way it works. Like, if you actually are playing, right. the later people raise, the more likely they are to have it. But also, even from a game theory point of view, you want to have less bluffs the further you go. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say you'd have zero bluffs, but you have more bluffs on the flop than you do on the turn, and more bluffs on the turn than you do on the river as well. And that's not just true with C-bats, but also with raises and things. Yeah. Just the way it is. So, yeah, we're gonna re- well, whenever we show our teeth, it's going to be really hard to get value. Yeah. So that's, I agree. It sucks. We're deep. Isn't the whole point of playing a hand and when we're deep is to try and get max value? And I know, I guess Tom's like, but you have to go a level deeper against guys like Garrett. Right. I think against, against Mickey, maybe Dwan does something different, but against Garrett, he's like, I have to maintain balance no matter what. Right. It's not about finding that one opportunity. That's what Mickey's for. That's right. And and that, I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's actually really, really cool. Yeah. So anyway, Dwan calls. Okay. 6.4K in the pot. Nitrogen sports. You can sports bet. You can gamble in the casino. Yeah, go to the casino. The online casino. Or if you want to be a baller, a shot caller, perhaps. Oh. 20-inch blades on the Impala. Go ahead and uh, click the link in the description. You don't know what I'm referring to? No, is it a rap song? Yeah, but it's from when you were, you know, in your 20s or, or early 30s. So I definitely listened to a lot of rap then. So you're just not culturally aware? Not when it comes to music. I think you know that. When I heard, what was the song? Oh, yeah, Float On. Flo- I heard Float On. I was like, this song's great. Uh, you know, this, I love this new song. And you're like, it's 11 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was 2015 or so. And Float On was like a huge hit, right? Yeah, in 2004. Yeah, I never heard it until, uh, yeah. until you played it for me that one time when we were playing. All Chinese. right, so Jonathan is, is not a baller. He's not a shot caller. He doesn't have 20-inch blades on his Impala. Um, but you can. <laughs> if you use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen, because you get access then to our monthly Poker Guys tournament, which is the greatest iterated value in poker. They always contribute at least 40% of the prize pool as overlay because they cap the player pool at 60% of what they would need to get to meet their guarantee, which is an incredible deal that should not exist. And yet? And yet it does, and it continues to. Yes. It's like mold. It's like mold. It's like, this isn't real, right? This is like sci-fi. It makes no sense. Yeah. Or but, like, or like planes flying in the sky. Like, do you really believe that's happening? You know, it's a fair question. Those things are heavy. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, right? Because the only thing to consider in physics is the weight of an item. It's the only thing. You know, you really, you really shifted from one side to the other. I know. Argument. I'm all over <laughs> the place, man. <laughs> like, what the heck? Push on a heater. That's I was, me. I was on your side, and then you just pushed me off the boat. Well, I feel like it doesn't feel right when you're on my side because you're always so contrarian, even if you don't agree <laughs> with your own point. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I have some of the contrarian in me. I saw true. you want to to be contrarian to what I just said. By the way. <laughs> no, that isn't true. That isn't no, true. Which would have been great. not that time. Um, anyway, get on nitrogen. <laughs> get you some poker. Get in that tournament. It is a great, great deal. Mm. And we'll see you there. Yeah. All right. Six point four k in the middle. Tom Dwan has top set on a rainbow board. Jack ten four. Garrett Adelstein has Ace Queen of Diamonds for the overs straight draw and backdoor flush draw. You know, be a, a spicy card would be like the Nine of Diamonds. Garrett turns the whole the whole world mm. kind of thing. Yeah, Dwan probably would be a little afraid of that card too. A little, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, but not super afraid. It's a different card. It's not that card. Oh, okay. It's the King of Spades. Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> That's very bad for John Dwan. Yeah, so. Obviously, Ace Queen is the only thing in Garrett's range that Dwan is worried about now. He doesn't put Garrett on Queen Nine, no, I would guess, and he doesn't so. put Garrett on King King, I would guess. I agree with both of those. I think it's exactly Ace Queen is 
literally the only only hand in the world. Now, all 16 combos can be there. You figure Garrett's going to three-bet about yeah. half of them, so we think of it as like eight combos. But everything else in the world, we're beating still. So I don't think we have to worry about it too much. Again, let me say, oh, no, Tom Dwight, <laughs> you're in trouble, because be, Dwight's be got effectively the second nuts here, and... Mostly the nuts, you know. Mostly yeah. he's got the best hand. So, ouch. Yeah, this might get expensive. He's gonna check. Okay, sure. Were there cards that you think he should have led on? Is this one of them? I guess also is a question. Oh, interesting question. I don't hate the idea of leading on this card actually, because Garrett has king queen in his yes, range, and, and he I, might check that back. I'm afraid he's gonna check it back. Yeah. Uh, I am, yeah, because we have ace queen in our range for sure. We have king ten suited a lot. Well, maybe not a lot. We've got king ten suited. We yeah. have all the king ten suited that can be there anyway. Right now, Gary would be blocking it if he if he has king queen. So maybe there's only two combos. We but probably still. have some king jack too. This one, yeah, that's right. Um, so I'd be I would be concerned that Garrett's just like you know why play a monster pot against a really good guy who's under the gun and might find either good folds or check raise me and now I'm in hell. Yeah. You know, when I've got a really great, easy check and get a value on the river, you know, in one form or another most of the time, right? Garrett so, bets so often, though, that he maybe does. he includes king-queen in his betting range. It's just maybe. too good. Try and get value out of what? Uh, the a strangely played ace-jack, strangely played queens. We block queens. But I know. Ace-10. Because ace-10 is the most is like one of the most obvious hands for Dwan to have. Is he calling? If we... If he checks, maybe. Maybe he's calling one more. He's got a gut shot. Maybe he's calling once. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not really sure about that one. Yeah, we it's could hard probably to get value on the river about the same level, about the same amount of the time. I don't know. I get, let's, let me look at this at a different angle. Okay. If, if we have this line that's happening in this hand and Dwan checks the turn, does Garrett, should Garrett really be betting all of his hands, basically? Like most of his hands here? Maybe not, not mm. top pair. Probably not ace-jack, you know? But... Well, Eight nine, right? He's going to bet that. You would, you would think. I would expect he's mostly betting eight nine. The problem is the king kind of slams Dwan's range, right? Yeah, his check calling range. Now, maybe that's not true because we were saying he was going to bet king queen. So he's so it's like king ten ace king. Maybe that's it. Maybe a little bit of king jack, but you wouldn't expect very much. Yeah. Um, and then Dwan still has hands like pocket eights and pocket sevens, and so maybe we'd want, um, you know pocket sixes. Maybe we want to bet to try and get all those smaller pairs to fold, and maybe we can even fold out a ten once in a while. When we have eight nines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe attacking is a good idea. Maybe. Because we're just going to bet all, so many bluffs. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know. I mean, it's, it's not really that many bluffs. It's really just eight nine suited, right? What else is a bluff? Good question. Uh, we'd have to be turning like a baby pair into a bluff or something like yeah. that. And Which I, don't I guess know if we is would, possible. We could do that. When the king comes, we might be like, uh, we're probably losing. And maybe the king is a good scare card. Maybe. Sometimes, but also... Also, it could have hit Dwan. Could have hit Dwan a lot. Yeah, I, I would be inclined not to put a lot of money in when I have a showdownable hand here. But yeah, I got to think, if you got like pocket fives, you're like, I'm almost never winning unless Dwan has ace-four suited, right? Right. Like, what, else, what else am I beating here? Kind of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's an it's a interesting close spot. I think Dwan could consider leading on this card. Yep. I, I mean, I, I imagine what Dwan's really going to do is just uh, continue to bow to the gods of balance as yes. best he can when playing against a guy like Garrett. Yes. And most, of the ti- and most of the time, you're just going to check here, right? Because we check all the flops. Yeah. So, it would be pretty strong to lead. It would be. It looks like, it looks like at least ace-king, right? I guess you could have king-queen, but almost always it's going to be ace-king if yeah. you lead here. Yeah. What else do you even have? It's hard to come up with much. Jacks. 
jacks, tens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Dwan checking the flop just creates a whole strange ranging situation. It makes it harder to range him, mm-hmm. which I guess is a benefit of that for him. Yeah. Anyway, Garrett does have the nuts. Do you think it's a slam dunk bet with the nuts if yeah. we're concerned about not betting with king, queen in hands like that? I mean, we just have to bet the nuts. Like, we, we uh, Dwan does have some very strong hands in his range. He has some very clear calls in his range as well. Yeah. Um, we don't have to bet all our hands. We don't have to bet a lot of our medium straight hands. We have to bet the nuts to try and build a pot here. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, as you always like to say, when you have a straight, you're not blocking. A, you're not blocking a lot of the made hands, and B, you can't improve. Yep. So let's get some money in there. Reasonable so, points. I, I think we 100% should be betting this hand. Like, how crazy would it be if it went check, check, and a brick comes, and, and like this pot somehow isn't huge by the river? If it goes check, check, and a brick comes, you would think it's Juan's going to either lead big and yeah. call a raise yes. or check raise. No, you're right. In this case, because he has such a strong Yeah. Hand. Now, um, is the turn, does the turn make it a rainbow, or does the yes, turn bring it? A, okay, so that, that changes a little bit, too. Like, you don't have, like, the potential flush cards coming in to no, there's none kill action. Um, still, I just don't see any world where we aren't betting the nuts here. Yeah, I agree. And Garrett does, too. Yeah. He bets 5K into 6.4. She's yep. like, let's make it big. Classic sizing up on the turn play. Sounds good. Any reason to check raises Dwan now? Uh, well, we might think Garrett is, is, is sort of attached to the hand in, with some hands. We can cooler him in some spots. He could have King Jack. He could have King Jack. Garrett, if, if Garrett found a bet with King Queen on the turn, we're not sure if he would. But he might. As you said, he likes to bet a lot. He might have to call. He has to call. Yeah. He just has to call a top parent in the open ender. Yeah. Um, so we could, f- and, and he's probably not putting more chips in on the river if we check. And, and maybe then we, we, and we get to the put river. another, and we get another, another bet in on the river. Yeah. Which he might just fold to unless he improves. He the might, river. he might, but uh, it's hard to get value on the river anyway, if we don't raise here, right? Like if Garrett has King Queen and we check call and we, we have to lead the river out of nowhere and get called, which probably is going to happen. We'll probably get called. Yeah. There, but if we check, he's probably not betting for value and, it's hard. And leading the river looks pretty strong on this kind of a board, right? If you're Tom. Well, anything he does is going to look strong, like we said. You're right. It's that impossible. is fair. Impossible is not fair. to look strong. But I, I like a check race here to get, if, if Garrett has the kinds of hands we're talking about. Yep. If Garrett had a hand like 8-9, he's definitely throwing it away at yeah, this point. Definitely. Because we can have ace-queen. Duan just calls. Yes. He sure does. Duan is really going for the, I can, I'm proving that I can have the strongest hands in my range and play it like I am barely hanging on. Yeah. Like, not like I'm not talking about it. I hear lots of people, even good players, talk about being balanced. And I rarely see them actually be balanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dwan's proving that he can do this. It's, it's really cool. And actually, by the way, doing it on a stream is a great idea if you're going to do it ever because people are going to remember this, right? Right. I mean, you don't have to be as balanced when you do it on the stream. <laughs> the playing field has changed since Dwan burst onto it, but it always seemed to me that his thing was like to want to be putting his opponents in spots where they had no idea what to do because he could show up with anything at any time. I still remember, I think it was high stakes poker where he was playing a hand against Ellie Lezra and he had Queens and Ellie, I think donked the 10 high flop and checked the turn. And it was like a deuce on the turn. And Duan just checked back with the over pair. And I think Gabe Kaplan was like, Oh, then Ellie checks the river. And I think Duan puts in like a two, two X pot bet and Ellie eventually calls with one pair. And, and Gabe was like, you just can't ever think Dwan has an overpair here. He would, yeah. Like, there's no way to put him on an overpair. And how, it was just, he was admiring the play. And I remember being sort of blown away by it, too, and, like, starting to understand the ideas of balance from that play right. like back in 2008 or whenever it was. So, 
even way back then, he was trying to do things where he's like, I can show up with hands that, you know, I can be balanced, Ellie Alesra. I don't always just have a, me- a medium-strength hand here, you son of a bitch. Yeah. So, anyway, it's really cool. Those guys have a classically acerbic relationship. They do, but they're scamps. Oh, yeah. They go out to dinner after a big day of verbal fighting. Get some of that tri-tip. Yeah, gotta get that tri-tip, <laughs> tri-tip salad, because, you know, you don't want too many carbs. Yeah. Just be, don't have any bread. Gonna be balanced. Gotta get the salad. All right, so... Twan calls, Chuck calls, set of jacks. He's okay. getting coolered, but, you know, he's mitigating the cooler so far. I mean, it's kind of amazing that he just calls. However, we have to believe if a brick comes on the river, he's probably going to lose a really, really big pot. He's right? either going to lead big and then have to make a big decision when Garrett raises, or he's going to check, check raise. raise. He yeah. has to check raise. Doesn't he just have to? So if it's the deuce on the river, yeah. you think... You Let's think, say he checks. What if, what if Garrett bets really big? Is he going to check raise then? Maybe, maybe there's a size in Garrett could choose where Tom actually wouldn't check raise. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be outrageously big, I think. Because yeah. cause you're sitting there like, what if Garrett has a set himself? Like, yeah. don't I have to try and get value from that? Okay, yeah. he's, got, he's got like eight combos of ace-queen, but there's sets of fours. There's uh, sets of tens, which is at least possible, not really kings. Um, if the river's a deuce... Eh, Garrett probably doesn't have very many sets of deuces. No, it's just uh, six combos. So there's only six. Actually, there's only six combos. But what about like King Jack? Is Garrett? I mean, the other question I really have is if Garrett bets like pot or even a little more than pot, and Tuan check raises on a brick river, is Garrett calling with like a set of fours? I'm not know. convinced he is. I don't know because because it sure looks like Ace Queen. It does. You know, it sure looks super super strong. I just don't know. Um, Garrett certainly can make big folds. So this is another problem with playing like this. And this goes back to even on the flop, and you're like, it's just going to be hard to get value. Yep. Like, Garrett might be able to... Can Garrett lay down a set of 10s? I don't know if he can lay down a hand that good. Seems unlikely. But maybe... Garrett makes some big plays. He really does. Anyway, let's get to it, because something's going to... Some, I mean, it's going to be hard not to play a big pot on the river. Well, it's going to be a nice big pot for, for Tom Dwan, because the river is the jack of clubs. Yes. You know, his quads... Quads. It's the best hand that is available on this board. That's mm. pretty nice. Yeah. Um, any reason to lead? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, we might be afraid of you know missing value against certain kings, and it's really just. I guess Garrett can have king ten suited, and have played it this way, and he can have king queen. Yeah, he can't have king jack now. Right. Um, so that's it. Those are the only things we'd be trying to get value from on a lead. If we check, I, I don't know if Garrett has any bluffs in him. Maybe he does. He might, he might have bluffs. If, if he has like 8-9, he, he might decide he's got to bluff it. Uh, but I don't think he has very many bluffs. I think the best question to ask ourselves is, Dwan, is how do we get the most value out of 10s full or 4s full? Because I don't know if mm. we can actually get called by anything else. I think we get the most... We, well, if we lead or small... Queen. Or ace-queen. Okay, I guess. yeah, sure. Because sure. yeah. 4s full and ace-queen is basically yeah. the same, right? Um, if we lead small, those hands are going to raise. Are they going to call a three bet? Probably. Is Ace Queen going to raise if we lead small? I, don't you think they, it has to? How small are you talking? How much is in the pot? Sixteen point four k. Okay. If we bet sixty five hundred, you don't think he's going to raise Broadway? I think he has to. We can have Ace Jacks so easily. Are is we it- repping Trip Jacks when we bet small? Might it be a better idea just to bet big ourselves, like the size that we think he might raise to? So you want to bet like 30K into 6 I don't think he's going to raise to 30K over 6. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. He might raise to like 22. Yeah, something like that. So you just bet 22? Yeah. 
Um, we could do that. We're not going to get raised by almost anything if we do that. I don't think we're going to get ra- like raised to an amount that would matter versus that anyway. Doesn't it play better as a check raise then? He's going to bet a real amount for value with those strong hands. We get a check raise, and we think we're probably getting called, right? The thing because the, the lead, board's paired. The thing right? that the lead captures is also sometimes getting called by a king. I'm afraid if we bet 22K, a king is folding a lot. I guess Now, it, a king is probably checking yeah, back anyway, so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? We might as well bet, right? Um, yeah, king-queen's just going to check, yeah. especially on the jack pairing. Like, why would it bet? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Hmm. Uh, if, if Garrett's got a hand like fours and tens and ace queen, he might bet big though to try and get value out of trip jacks himself. Yeah. And then we can get a check raise in and it's still going to be really hard to fold those hands. I think yeah. like if he's got tens full, how can he ever fold? He's like, okay, I'm losing a king, king. I'm losing a king, Jack. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Jack, Jack. It turns out Jack, Jack. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that's not that much. You know, what about all the other stuff? I don't know. What other stuff? Uh, if he's got 10 10, he's beating ace queen. He's beating 4 4. He's you beating. You think Dwan is going to check raise it? Uh, let's, let's get to what happens. Okay, great. There's a better way to do this. You're right. Because Dwan's going to check. I know. And Garrett's going to bet big. He's going to bet really big. 25K into 16.4. Yes. He's really hoping Dwan has ace jack, basically. Yeah, he's saying, call me either. I'm super polarized. Call me with trip jacks or make a crazy hero call your Tom Dwan. You do that sometimes. So maybe Dwan should just call because it looks too strong to raise. You might, might lose your customer. <laughs> Well, it's going to be an interesting thing because we know Tom Dwan is obviously going to raise the nuts here. I think this is a discussion that we should have that doesn't always come up in these podcasts, mm. but it's hard to know what to do when you have such a, such a situation. It's so hard to have quads. Yeah. What should you size it to? How, how are you supposed to size this? I mean, you, you say quads as if it's different than any other unshareable nuts, but how is it different, really? Okay, the unshareable nuts, okay. yeah, which is rare to have. I mean, it's the nut flush. It's top set sometimes. It's top full house, which I, I guess think, is top I think full quads, house is the nuts. You're more likely to be able to get value with quads in general than the nut flush. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, unless they have a flush themselves. But even then... No, no. I mean, just like because of, because of the nature of, the of combinatorial stuff yeah. on the board. Like if, if, if this played out the same way and Duan had the nut flush and Garrett bet 25K into 16.4K and then Duan raised, like... Most players are not going to be calling with anything but the second nut flush. And maybe not even that sometimes. Because it's so obvious that it's just the nuts for Dwan. I mean, or the nut blocker. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, he's got the nut blocker. He can make that raise too. And then if you know that he's doing that a fair amount of the time, now you have to call with more stuff. Okay, let me put it differently. Okay. Against the general population, it's it's easier to get paid with quads than a flush. Than the nut flush. Sure. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's tough in both cases, though, because... You know, the, if your opponent doesn't have a very strong hand, meaning like a full house, when you've got quads, they just put you on trips and are like, I can't, be, I can't even be trips here. You know what I mean? They have like pocket aces. They have ace king. They have whatever, king queen in this spot. And they're just like, but if, if they have a full house, yes, you're always getting called. I, I agree. Like the general population, not folding full houses. No. So, so okay. Ultimately, we can, so if we think Garrett's got pocket fours, pocket tens, ace queen, he can have all of those. Yeah, what's the size that we expect that he can consider calling? Because like Garrett's already put us in a spot where it's gonna we we have to look so incredibly strong because he bets so big. I think we should go really big, like 125k or something. I was thinking 100, but for all the I, you sort of led us down this path. I'm just sort of walking mm-hmm. walking alongside you here. Uh, but yeah, it feels like 
Let's try and get max, max, max value from these super strong hands. If he wants to hero, great. Maybe he'll find a crazy hero call. King-Queen's folding anyway, right? King-Queen's folding to, to a 60K raise, probably two, to the same, almost the same frequency as folding to a 100K raise. But pocket fours may be forced to call both. So let's get that extra four. I guess so one way to look at it, especially when we're playing against a player like Garrett, is does our range change for value if we raise 60K versus 100K? Right. That's or, a is it, or is it the same range? That's a really good question. Okay. What's our... Okay. I think it does change a little bit. I think when we... Our value range uh, on this board is just quads, king, 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 jack. Are we ever making it 100K with ace, queen? I don't think we can. I don't think we're raising with ace, queen yeah. ever. When Bjorn goes bet, bet, bet. Oh, and bet's 25 yeah. on the river. So, You're right. so, of course not. So that doesn't change the value right. range. Well, let's say we have tens. Can we I don't make think it we can. I don't think we can raise. When he makes 25K? Yeah. So, okay. So then our entire raising range is the same. Yeah. Either way, okay. Because Garrett can just have King Jack so easily, yeah. right? That's the only hand we're, we're trying to dodge, though. Is, I guess he can have Jack-10, too. Yeah. Um, King Jack, Jack-10, that's it. If we have 10s. Garrett betting 25K is like, yeah, what, what other value hands can we beat except Ace-Queen now? I guess an Ace-Jack. Maybe he's got Ace-Jack sometimes and is going for it. Like, I understand yeah, but, it's a little thin, but he might go for yeah, it. Yeah, but we, I don't think we can raise profitably. Right. No, I don't know if he's calling with ace-jack when we yeah. raise here. It's hard to do that, right? Yeah. There's a lot of bad spots. We might play kings just like this Yeah. sometimes. I think we would. We just showed up with jacks. Yep. You know, so I guess we can really show up with kings here, too, like this. So are you landing on 100K? Yes. 100K, and apparently it's the entire raising range, because apparently, I kind of agree with you, I don't think we can raise 10s when Gare bets 25. Right. If he bets 10K in a 16.4, then we can raise our full house. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I think if he bets 14K, we can raise yeah. 10s easily, comfortably. Maybe if he bets, like, even full pot, we can go for the raise. It's a little thin, but it's not that thin. But, but when he bets 25, he's saying, I've got a very, very strong hand turn. You, you hope he has ace-queen now instead of, like, you know, like, I can get more money in here. Yeah. You know, it's like, I hope I can beat him. King, king, you don't worry about that. You're yeah. like, if he, if he has quads, whatever, like, I'm obviously going to lose all the money. Yeah, I think I like a bigger raise for all these reasons. Yeah. Duan doesn't go that big. He, he makes it 68K. Interesting. Maybe he's just, maybe Garrett's mathier than we realize in these spots, and he's just trying to make the price just good enough, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, the price is definitely different than if it were 100K. It is. I mean, but we were saying, like, and I guess you're, you're trying to come up with the reason why, but, like, we think Garrett's probably going to be pretty binary with all these hands, right? Like Ace Queen, Four Four, Ten Ten. Well, you would think Jack if, Ten, King Jack. But if he's I using can't have, can't have a Jack stuff. If he's using like math to choose how many combos he calls with, yeah. along with his distribution, then it does change it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, you and I often like to say, you know, like in these spots, uh, as Garrett. We'd rather have like ace jack than ace queen here, yes. right? Clearly, ace jack feels like a clearly a better play, right? Because like Juan may not be raising ace queen. I won't be at twenty five k. No, he's not raising ace queen. So we block. We, block all of his a, we actually block ace queen and we block full houses. Yeah. Um, so maybe we're calling with ace jack folding ace queen kind of a thing, you know? In theory, in theory, if, theory. if it's made hundred k. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's hard in practice to actually fold ace queen here, but one thing at a time. All right. So the big question for Garrett. Yeah. What could Duan be bluffing with? It's got to be a jack. So he's turning a jack into a bluff. Yes, we bet 25K on the river. He's turning a jack into a bluff. And it's that, got to it. be ace jack or queen jack. Yes, which makes sense. He's blocking Broadway as well. Yeah. He blocks all the stuff. And he, I think queen jack makes the most sense, actually, right? Ace jack, there's a chance you're good. 
There's a chance. Is Garrett ever betting Queen Jack this much? Boy, that seals. Thin. I wouldn't expect it. Maybe he's got that. Maybe he's going for like some super interesting thin value play going big. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's a, it's a big ask. Yeah. It's a big ask. Queen Jack feels like the best one to do it with because we still block all the things we want to block. And it's worse than Ace Jack. Yeah. Ace Jack, we might just have to call. Like, yeah. Ace Jack's a pretty fine call here, isn't it? Yeah. But Queen Jack, maybe we're like, oh my God, we're kind of never winning. Yeah, that's the only bluff, right? Unless you're also turning Ace Jack into a bluff. Or, I don't know what else it could be. Or if be. you're turning Ace 10 into a bluff, if you somehow called the turn with Ace 10. Ugh. How about King 10? You could turn King 10 into a bluff. That's kind of a good one. Yeah, you block 10 Jack and King Jack. Yep. And maybe Garrett's just got trip jacks yeah. and is going for it. Like, have to be. It's Ace Jack, though, right? For him yeah. to go for it. And then, we get, and then he's got a fold ace jack. Yeah. <laughs> he actually has to make the fold. We're, tr- we're really attacking a very strong range. Or ace if king. we're taking or ace queen. queen jack and making this play. Yeah. I don't know if we should be doing that. I think, I think these hands are probably good enough just to call with anyway. But you have to find some bluffs. Yeah, you do. So maybe we just like, we force queen jack to be a bluff because of that. And maybe we have to do it with some of the ace jack too. I like king 10 as a bluff too. And it's, not, yeah. it's only two combos because it's suited only. Yeah. It's pretty cool. King 10. We block king jack like you said. Now, we block king-king. It's very unlikely for him to have king-king, but we block it. We very plausibly ourselves have king-king at least some of the time. Now, normally, at this point in the analysis, when we're talking about Garrett's thought process, we would say, okay, all of these things make sense as bluffs, but is the opponent in practice actually pulling the trigger on these bluffs? All right, and the and I think this opponent is. I think with Tom Duan, you can say, if he has bluffs, he's pulling the trigger on him. He's not just going to decide not to bluff for no right, reason. Right, yeah. and Garrett's a good guy to do it against, and that Garrett is capable of making big folds. Yeah. Making, capable of making big calls, too, but like absolutely capable of making big folds. It's reasonable. Yeah. So we have to assume that we're not always beat 100% of the time with ace-queen, even though against the general population, get the, light this hand on fire immediately. Like, you are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. The general pop, your, your typical 5-5-5-10 five, 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 type game, yeah. they check-raise you like this after you bet that much, unless they're brain-dead, which sometimes they are, yeah. and you should know that. You should right. know that they're, they're overvaluing hands and all that. If they actually know what they're doing at all, you're f- completely fucked. Yeah. I agree. Against Duan, are you completely fucked, though? I don't, Maybe. I don't know. You, you, might, you be. might be. I mean, he may have some bluffs, but he may not have enough bluffs yeah. on this kind of a board. Well, what's spot. his value? Obviously quads, but... King, 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 jack, jack, jack. Those how, are obvious. How many combos of quads? Because there's only one actual combo. But how, how much of that combo actually... What slice of that combo actually gets here? You know, like... You have to check call twice with, with top I set. Know. Really hard to do. Um, not very much. King, jack also... Yeah. He's going to bet the flop so often with King Jack. He's going to bet the flop so often with all three of those hands, and he's going to make a play on the turn some of the times with, with all those hands. By the way, Ace-Queen often check-raising the turn. Yeah. Not that we think Ace-Queen is necessarily here based on the it's size never, that we made. never here. But I think we can also eliminate for the other reason of, like, he's just going to check-raise that hand. That's, yeah. that's got to be a check-raise. But it's already been eliminated. Yeah. Um, also, King Jack is just suited, and I think there's just one combo of that. Mm. That's Yeah, there's... Well, no. King of spades, jack of clubs, jack of diamonds. Yeah, yeah one, one combo. combo. So Big there's one hearts. That's it. So there's one combo of king jack, uh, which so we some percentage of that combo is getting here. Exactly. Some not percentage much. of the one combo of jacks, and then some even smaller percentage probably of the three combos of kings. Yeah, man. So it's like one combo total, maybe of value. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. So, so maybe so one doesn't have to bluff with Queen Jack. Maybe ju- maybe bluffs with one combo of Queen Jack, and that's it. And actually, yeah, there's two combos available to him. So yeah. He picks one, and that's the one he's bluffing with, and that's his only bluff. Maybe. Yeah, and that's that's the best bluff. It's better than King Ten. So, 
Unless he can still show... In the old days, he could show up with a hand like Jack, you know, Jack Four suited and dumb stuff well, like that. Well, never, he's never opening that under the gun now. Right, or Jack Five suited. Jack Four suited's a full house. But Jack, Jack Five suited or something like that. These days, I don't think he's yeah. doing that right. But if he could have done that, then okay, that blocks Jack's and maybe is a worse enough hand as opposed to like Queen Jack maybe just be too good to even yeah. do it. But the, yeah, Queen Jack feels like the one. Unless he's always betting Queen Jack on the flop, then it's King Ten suited, right? Yeah, then King Ten suited's pretty good. Yeah. Right, and that, that's kind of a neat one because we just got counterfeited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're losing to King Queen. So this analysis doesn't help us at all, is Garrett? What we just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, Duan has very little strong value, very little combos of strong value here. But what the hell? We bet 25K and he just raised, and we've just gone bet, bet, bet. And we can have King Jack. By the way, we have Ace Queen. We can have Ace Queen. That's we, a really strong hand, too. Here's the deal, though, that makes me think folding is necessary. Yeah. Um, beyond all of that, which, you know, the insurmountable task of trying to figure out what Tom Dwan is doing is attempted and failed. So here we are. So all we have left is ourselves in the dark room with the hand that we have. And it's the worst combo we ever play this way. Ah, yes. When we bet 25 K on the river, this is the worst. Cause if we we don't, we don't, I guess we block the straight, but we don't think Dwan's ever check raising the straight anymore and would have done it on the turn anyway. So blocking the straight doesn't help us going back to your idea of best combo. Yeah. So this, and it's the weakest. This is the worst. Com- it's not the weakest. I think we have ace-jack in our range. Oh, okay. You're right. Of course we do. But that's a better do. combo to call with for the reasons we discussed earlier. 100%. Yeah. So this has to be a fold. Um, yeah. Do we actually bet the turn with ace-jack? No. When the king comes? We so don't. we don't have ace-jack in our range. And we don't have queen-jack in our range either. Okay. Either way, this is still the worst combo. This is still the worst combo we for definitely, sure. We definitely have 4-4, four, 10-10, four, ten, ten, jack-jack, um, if we called preflop. Jack-10, king-jack. Yeah. We, we have, have all, all of those things. There's no reason we wouldn't have those things. What's, and, and just from a straight-up hand-ranking point of view, what worse hand do we have that we bet here if we can't have ace-jack and queen-jack anymore? We don't, we don't think we can. There's none. It would seem very strange to bet ace-jack on the turn. Because we're not betting king-queen like this. No, we're not betting 25. We're just checking back king-queen, yeah. I think, when the jack pairs. And even if we bet for thin value, we ain't betting 25K. No, no That chance. is some crazy stuff that you don't ever see. Yeah, this is not because you're right. We don't have ace jack based on the turn. Mm-hmm. So this is not only does it not block anything that Duan would actually check raise for value, uh, it also is the worst hand that we could ever have with this line. Amazing. So that's so it's a, so in that way, from a distribution point of view, it's an easy fold. Straightforward. Now, if, if Duan is over bluffing, changes the equation. But does it change it enough? Even because it is the worst combo, and all of the other hands have a, like they equate to a fair amount of combos. Let's. Let's change the situation up just slightly, okay? Okay. Because it seems like we're finding... It seems like we're getting to... We just have to fold this hand in this spot. Yeah, that's what I... As soon as I saw this hand, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Let's pretend for a second it's not Tom Dwan sitting there. It's Stephen Chidwick. It's Bryn Kenny. Does it change the situation in terms of, like, do we have to find a fold Let's make it Bryn Kenny because that's a He's the best. Yeah. Okay. For this. Um, And and that's the guy that you always want to call. Yeah, I want to call Chidwick, too. But, uh, But, yeah. These are the guys who are going to turn blockers into... Bluffs all the time, do weird, thin, big plays. They love making these kinds of plays. I would say we see that a lot more with them than with Dwan. Now they've been on TV yeah. a lot more than Dwan. Um, if anybody does it change anything in this situation, though, if it's Bryn Kenny? If any elite player is over bluffing this spot, it's Bryn Kenny, I think. Yes. So he might be turning all of his jacks into a bluff. <laughs> yeah, he might. Plus King 10. Mm-hmm. Plus... Plus maybe even like Ace King. He's like... Oh yeah, Ace King is a good is an interesting yeah. one to turn to a bluff also. So you think like so we just have to call him anyway? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, you still think we can fold even I though he's got all those bluffs? We have the worst combo. 
But wait, he has all those bluffs in your mind, and he only has like one combo of value, remember? Because he checked, yeah. flop, check, turn, okay, check, maybe. river. Maybe, so we, we just have to call with everything that we make at 25K with then. That's for value. We have some bluffs that we fold into. Yeah, so every value, every value bet. That's what I'm wondering. Because that's, that's, that's the thing I always say about these guys. Yeah. Like, when we bet for value, you just close your eyes and call when they do whatever the hell they're going to do Maybe. on the river. If, if there's a person that you can say that about, it's Bryn Kenny. I don't know if you could say that about Stephen Chidwick or anybody else. I mean, look, and to be really clear, I'm not saying I bet middle pair for value against Stephen Chidwick in a big tournament. He check raised all in. So, of course, I called. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Obviously, we're still can throw out some of our range. But I think what people do is they overfold in these spots, and Chidwick takes advantage of it. And ditto Bryn Kenny. And, like, I think it's a huge mistake to do that against those guys. So I'm wondering, in this case, would, would, would this just... Would we be overfolding Ace Queen if it's Bryn Kenny? And if we think he's got as many bluffs as you just said or anything close to it, I guess it is an overfold and we have to call. Can we fold some value? Can we like pick a couple combos of Ace Queen to fold, please? Should, yeah, I'd like to. Even do. against Bryn Kenny? Yeah, but not much. We have to call with a bunch of them, I think. I guess. I don't know. I think it, we do. I mean, that, that's such an extreme example, though. I'm so interested to see what the solver has to say about all of this. Yeah, the solver always wants to call, probably, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, probably. The solver always wants to call. That's just how it is. Let's take a look. So much money to be won here that Dwan maybe didn't win. Would the solver have won more? That's always the question I ask. Yeah. Well, we're not actually going to know the answer. Oh. But we're going to explore what the solver wants these players to do at the very least. Sure. Why not? What the solver would do, at least. What the solver would do and wants them to do, because the solver actually wants things. <laughs> the solver. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, love. These are the things the solver wants. Well, that's, well, wait. Does the solver love them, or does it want them? Because those can be different things. You can love something and not want it. I am saying two different things. Oh, okay. The solver wants peanut butter jelly and jelly sandwiches, and the solver wants love. Oh, it wants love. I completely misunderstood. Yes. Oh, that's more interesting. Yeah. Haven't you seen the movie Her? I have, yeah. actually. That's based on Biosolver. I don't, first of all, I don't think uh, her was into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at all. How her, do you know? Her was not a physical entity. Have you watched the deleted scenes? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you shut your mouth? Do you think, she, you think her, the, the AI, got uh, like a human to like eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for her? And describe the, <laughs> the <laughs> not experience? Even, no, just sit there and have like Joaquin Phoenix watch. Like, mmm, mmm, it's good, yum, yum, <laughs> stuff like that. I make yeah. those kinds of sounds. I think there's a chance of that. I, I didn't watch all of the deleted scenes. Oh. I, I didn't watch the, the non-English language deleted scenes. Oh, wow. But I know those, those are, I know those are well regarded, but it feels like a chore, you know? It, it feels like, you know, this is like, one of those things I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy once I watch exactly. it, but I don't wanna actually do it. As you, soon as you start it, you're like, what was I doing with my life? Yeah. This is so stupid. This is amazing. Right. But anyway. It's like the movie Wind River. It's like that doesn't sound it is a little bit like that. That doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound it's like I'm just gonna be depressed. And then you watch Wind River and you're like, damn, I'm glad I watched Wind River. I remember I saw that in 2017. It was my favorite movie of the year. And I just rewatched it recently. And I kind of had to force myself to hit play because I was like, isn't it going to be slow? <laughs> and it was amazing. And it wasn't slow at all. But yeah. Anyway, the point of the solver says watch Win River. Yeah. Well, what else does the solver say? Okay. About these excellent cash game players. When the strangely played hand, especially by Dwan, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Garrett plays it relatively straightforward. Yeah. Comparatively. And just not even paratively. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Back to the flop. Um, Duan is mostly supposed to bet with top I mean, set. But hell yeah. It does want to check 23% of the time, which okay. you know, makes sense. If you're going to check a set, like we said, this is the best set to check. Sure. Yeah. And sure. you want to balance and stuff. Of course, once 
Garrett bets, which it almost always wants Garrett to bet. The solver really wants Dwan to check race. Yeah, well, of course it does. Yeah. We wanted. I mean, everyone wants Dwan to put in more money right now. It's it's a weird thing to like check call, of course. But it does want him to to call like ten percent of the time. Okay, so ninety percent of the time it wants him to check raise. You know, it also does want him to fold. Point zero 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 one percent of the time it wants Dwan to check fold the nuts on the flop. So, so the solver still has some work to do, I guess. Those of you who are like, you know, well, it wasn't solver perfect. Yeah, you don't want to be solver perfect, okay? Right. That means that that one in a thousand. What, what, what is this? No, it's one way in, more than that. One in it's hundred thousand. right? It's three zeros. Yeah, three zeros. It's one in a hundred thousand. Sure, or one in a million. One of those two. I don't know. Anymore. You're supposed to fold top set once you check if if it's the nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that what's really going on is like those the other two numbers didn't add up to a hundred, and it took the extra and just threw it in the third one for some reason. And added it, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would it do that? I don't know. It's not like a a cashier at Walmart. You know, it can it can put the things wherever it wants. <laughs> Unlike Any, a cashier at Walmart. <laughs> they they can't means. put the things wherever no, they nope. want. They have to put them where they're where where they put where them. the manager the says. Policy is the policy, Grant. That's true. It's a big corporation. You, the bureaucracy is crushing. It anyway, probably is. On the turn, okay. We have we have a uh, Dwan Force Danny Sprung who did the solver forced Dwan to check the turn, which I, I like that he did because Dwan is never betting the turn, right? Like no, yeah. Um, Garrett always bets. He made the nuts. It makes sense. He has a straight. Mm-hmm. Let's bet. Of course. It does want Dwan to check raise most of the time yet again. Yeah. Well, of course. But it's just most of the time, not all the time. Okay. Sure. But but most of the time is most of the time. All right. Let's you know get what I mean? to the, uh, the juicy, juicy river where the steak sizzles. I mean, everyone likes that. Uh, what what uh, Danny Sprung did is he gave Garrett the option to either bet 75% of the pot or the size like this. It wants him to snap fold when he sizes like this. The solver is fine with sizing like this, yes. by the way, as Garrett, but definitely wants him to snap fold to the check raise, which makes perfect sense. We agree with that. Uh, even if, if Garrett had bet three quarters of the pot, it, it does want him to call, but like just tiny profit, according to the solver. So it's not even that great of a spot. If you bet three quarters of a pot, which does make sense to me, it's still not a great spot, but you might have to call against a player like Dwan. The thing that's weird is so uh, we're, you're saying like most of Dwan's jacks also, again, would check raise the turn that get yeah. there. To be clear, when we say most, the solver wants him to do it, wants him to have 0.1 combos left of non raised or non aggressively played jacks by just getting to the river. Yeah. So, like, basically, you can just say, well, he never has jack jack. Right. Which is reasonable. Yeah, but you could definitely think he has other full house type hands. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess there's only one combo possible of jacks. So it's like... Yeah. So when we say 0.1 combos, maybe that still is 10% of the possible amounts of jacks right. you can have. So maybe, maybe it's not as bad. But anyway. It's, yeah. 10%. Come on, man. 10%. I would, I would definitely not worry about jacks where I get it. I worry about king jack. Yeah. That's I would me. definitely worry about king jack. Yeah. And a little bit of jack 10. Sure. But also, like, wouldn't he bet all those things? I would just lose money here. You would not call. We talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I know. But I want to. I never want to fold anything. You would absolutely fold in this spot. And you know you <laughs> yeah, would. Yeah, I would. No, no, because the sizing. It's the, but if I bet three quarters of the pot, and the, like the solver wants, thinks the ace-queen is just barely profitable, now that's against the solver. Yeah. I would think against a guy like Dwan, it's got to be more than barely profitable. Right, but against most players you've ever played against, you have to fold. Um, it depends on the players, because some of them are going to overvalue trips also. That's the thing. Okay. So, Mo- so it depends. Against most players who confident. are at least like 75th percentile skill level in poker. Yeah, they're or like, yeah, they're good enough to know what they should be raising with, but not good enough to be balanced with their bluffing combos, basically. Yeah, yeah then that's an easy fold. Right. Strong agree. 
Yeah. Anyway, Danny uh, did a lot of stuff on this, and he will post his entire findings on our Discord, so you can find that there. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast, and you know, we'll we'll see you there. Did you mention the bluff that the solver wants to want to do? Oh no, in my head. I oh, not. it's pretty cool. It wants him to turn Ace Four into a bluff sometimes because it, blo- it blocks pocket fours, and there and it, it blocks is. Ace Queen. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, maybe he would have. Who knows? Maybe. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.